0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 104 with my guest Aisha Tyler. I'm so excited that we were able to work this out with our schedules. Um, Obviously, she's a very busy person. I am also a fairly busy person. Guys, we did it. We did it, and I couldn't be more thrilled. I had such a great time recording this episode with Aisha. Um, I am freshly back from Hawaii. Uh, It was such an amazing trip. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'd never been there before. Um, Guys, I'm so excited because I went snorkeling for the first time. And for all of my talk about how I feel I don't belong in the water and stuff, I feel like I'm a new person. I don't want to waste too much time on this because... um, I don't want to monologue up top, but, uh, I just wanted to quickly say, I mean, it was like a profound change for me to suddenly feel like I could be in the water and snorkel it up with the best of them. Um, I'm sure I'll talk about that more on an upcoming podcast. I, I, uh, I do want to get into some shout outs, um, for, uh, on the Facebook page. I want to thank Carla for her wonderful post about, uh, the mapping, uh, episode that I talked about the, the, um, this American life episode and more. I want to thank Todd for his update on some, uh, some podcasts. There's a, Uh, An article that he posted on that That you guys should check out David and Lauren For your notes on Facebook Um, I want to thank On the Nerdist page Adonia, Todd, PJ, Scott, Jenny, and Amy Um, So excited to check out Some of the stuff you guys recommended Up to and including The Young Adult book She's Not Invisible Amy, thank you so much For that recommendation I want to thank Laura I'm overdue in thanking you For appearing on the Melissa show I'm going to get more into that And respond to that email Um, ASAP Just getting caught up On some stuff Brendan also For your one wonderful email and Richard for yours. Um, and then I also want to thank, uh, my dears, Caitlin and Nissa, for your emails as well. Uh, a quick update on purchase, uh, purchases that you guys made for the fundraiser. Um, I, I, some of you should have already received stuff. I sent out posters. Uh, the tees are definitely in production. I don't have a firm ETA yet, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I just saw the custom label they sent me, um, to take a look at. And I'm really excited about, uh, even the, ba- even the label, guys, even the label on the back of the t-shirt, I'm excited about. So, um, I will keep you posted. I'll also send uh, individual emails out to those of you who, um, purchased those. And, um, obviously there will be, uh, Tees available for purchase very soon as well Once that shipment comes in since I got a bunch Made um then I also Wanted to and then for those of you Who got stuff that other people Are sending like Natasha or Maria Or Amira um, Or Jen uh I'm following up with those guys I think some of that stuff has gone out but um, I have a little less control over that since they're sending that stuff so I'm staying on top of it not to worry and I'll email you personally as well um, and then I want to just remind everyone that I am going to be doing the Thrilling Adventure Hour uh, the end of this month in Chicago um, you can go to thrillingadventurehour.com for more information on that we're going to be doing an improv show panels, signings um, in addition to actually performing the Thrilling Adventure Hour and then also very exciting and I have been tweeting about this and i know it's on facebook and uh, they've announced it but uh, i'm so delighted to say i've confirmed uh jv club live podcast on sunday evening may 11th in uh portland oregon one of my all-time favorite cities uh at the bridgetown comedy festival you can go to bridgetowncomedy.com and find out more information about that my guest uh will be carrie brownstein Thank you very much from Portlandia. I am very, very excited about that, as I'm sure you will be too. Gosh, I hope you are. And uh, I hope to see some of you there alive and in person as well. So uh, long intro, uh, if you're new to the podcast and you came because you love Aisha, I welcome you in and uh, I hope you'll stick around for some other episodes. And guys, I will talk to you soon. Now entering Nerdist.com. That's it. That's, that was the end of the podcast. That's great. That's so I was recording you in secret easy. and now we're done wow I don't feel like yet. I told any
1: well I told people where I live that wasn't smart yeah we
0: got real specific and intimate we about. we did exactly a lot of information my, like, that my no nighttime behavior is what Correct. I do before bed what I do <laughs> when I'm in bed I admitted so, to stalking other people and then yeah. admitted to not that's, wanting to be stalked Right. it's like it's so, okay for me to look
1: in your home but please don't come to mine yes mom. I don't want you to yeah. see yeah. Anything, in my I own, own. anything I don't want lady. you to know me
0: I'm That's right. that's right Aisha thank you so much for doing the podcast thanks for having me I'm glad it worked out I'm to have you now when you do other people's podcasts do you feel like i sometimes do a sense of like the initial moment of like do you need me to run this like well you know i i really try to surrender because
1: i don't want to come in and be like so here's how i do my thing you know and i and especially because i feel like you know your show and you know what you're looking for. I'm really working on surrender in in all of my life
0: uh, because I am in control so much of the time. So, Uh, yeah. Listen, we can get right into that straight away (laughs) because I feel very much the same. I feel like I am, and I will go ahead and uh, label myself this, like a tiny microcosmic version of you in the sense that we both very I'm certainly not famous, but we are, you are we both do a lot in of your different things.
1: of The world. Yes, famous. But famous I mean, like, you know,
0: that the sort of sense of like, well, yeah, I, I enjoy doing this, but you know, I also do this, right? right, right. And also, kind oh, of multi- did I tell you about this thing I wrote? And yeah. like, da da da. And, yeah. and that's exciting and fun, but it, it also. That idea of being your own boss yeah. really kind of b- can blow out of proportion so everything. quickly because you everything. feel like, yeah. should I be doing this right now? Right. Like, no one's telling you when to start and stop yes. something, and yeah, that Yeah, you kind of like the edges hard. of your life
1: bleed, you know, your work and your leisure life bleed. I mean, yeah. also, I feel like... Um, you know, people kind of think about like the concept of like someone who's a control freak as being a negative thing or like someone who's a micromanager is being a negative thing. And it can be very negative. It can be negative for the people around you. It can be negative for you. But I feel like the flip side of that is it's someone who's just super motivated. You're just super motivated to get Absolutely. things done. Absolutely. And that can be really positive that you're just, you know, that you're just driven and that you feel like you can be effective and you put your energy into being effective. But then the third side of that coin, and by the way, there are only two sides of coins, and if you don't know that then like I would spend some time on the internet or maybe back in geometry class. I'd recommend it too. Is that you I I sometimes I really have to say to myself, like, don't have expectations about how this experience is gonna go because if you do, you won't really fully experience it. And it won't surprise you. You know, like a lot of times you're like, Well, this is gonna be like this, and then you everything flies by and you didn't really Have like an immersive experience and maybe nothing, you know, you got no shocks, you got no delight because you were just like, focused on the end result. So yeah,
0: yeah. And even in those moments where, yeah, I think there's there's even times when I feel like I think I'm being present, but it might be that I'm actually spending so much time telling myself to be present that I'm still You're not, not present. present. Yeah, totally. So that's, that's totally. another sort of piece of surrender. It's like slide a little bit further into right. surrender and it won't occur to you to, to have be to reminding yourself like, yourself, Oh, I really got to take this in right that's now. Right. Are, you
1: experiencing, are you feeling this? Feel this. Yeah. Are you having feelings? Feel I mean, your
0: feelings. Is that something that you, because I don't feel I sort of look because I do get accused by people in a positive way of like, I do have so much going on. How are yeah, you doing all this? Yeah. And I'm, and, and I think that the expectation is that I was, uh, that I was like that when I was younger too. Right. And I, I wasn't, and I mm-hmm. won't spend too much time talking about that because these guys all know uh, plenty about that already. Mm-hmm. But, um, I wasn't particularly, uh, like, when, like in high school when I talked to women who were like, yes, I, you know, college was a school and I did this and I was this and I was homecoming queen and I was also president right. of the chess club and I was in honors da, 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 and they had these very full robust days. That wasn't really me. Was yeah. that you?
1: No, but not, I was kind of in the middle. Like this is obnoxious to admit out loud, but like school was very easy for me. So I didn't try hard. I didn't have to try hard. And, mm-hmm. and I wish that I had. I wish I had been a little bit. I did fine. I, I got good grades. Like, you know, for a long time, I was cruising on A's and then, you know, got a little harder and then I was getting like A minuses. You know what I mean? But I just wasn't like by senior year. I had, oh God, sorry, I sound like a massive asshole to you everybody don't. So I'm so sorry. We've, we have but all like, kinds. By junior year, I'd already exhausted all the AP classes at my high school, So, and I was out of road. So I went back and just started taking like the regular, like senior year I was just in regular English, and I was so far ahead of the class that like, the teacher would do this thing where he would give like a spelling test and then whoever finished the spelling test and the, so you'd do the spelling test and then it was like a jumble so once you filled it out there'd be a circle around certain letters and then you'd pick those letters and then if you could solve the jumble you first you'd get a prize which oh, was like fun, a fun little puzzle piece of candy or something like uh-huh. that and i just got the candy every fucking time and then the teachers like you can't play the jumble anymore <laughs> oh, no. Because you're you're like a terrible person for eating, and then so then I would do the jumble, and I would hold my test up so that people behind me could win the jumble. (laughs) I was just like a dead inside, you know what I mean? Like someone (laughs) should get the candy, robot
0: puzzle winner.
1: I I, someone should have that little round, disgusting (laughs) Lindor ball. Uh (laughs) Um, So what I realize now is I wish that things had been a little harder for me because by the time I got to college again like I cruised and I didn't really figure college out until maybe like the end of my junior year like oh I could be pushing myself harder I could be doing more I could instead of just like doing enough I could be excelling I could be creating for myself and I don't think I figured that out really until I like fully until I was an adult Mm -hmm. so now you know and I think part of that is like life and you getting more confident in your abilities and maybe failing enough times that you stop feeling fearing failure. So then you start going, well, I might as well try it. Cause well, I, that's such yeah. a hard
0: piece to it, right? I mean, speaking of sounding like an asshole, but like it's a different kind of hard when you don't understand failure and on a profound level right. when you're younger because things do come easily to right. you and you just... Like, for me, it's not that I was amazing at everything, but things that I didn't immediately feel great about, like, I just ignored. Yeah, you just moved So on. I made yeah. sure I was never failing yeah, in exactly. that way. And Which is, I think, it's the not human good mind. Yeah, But, but that's absolutely. the that's human nature is to absolutely. avoid things that are hard. But then yeah. when something gets hard, you, you do sort of recognize, like, oh, you, you know what? Other people might have gotten really good at this and right like failing and moving forward right by continuing and now i'm seized with panic because i'm learning that it's that i'm not graded everything right or what's this hard. feeling
1: like what's Absolutely. this taste of this the, the bile taste of failing yeah but then but yeah, th- i mean the thing about failure is i mean i wrote a whole book about this is like and i just got interviewed by this lady and she was like well are you ever afraid of failing?" i'm like no i definitely am not afraid of failing i feel constantly it's like a natural aspect of of personal development and uh i say this all the time if you're not failing you're not risking if you're not risking you're not innovating but when you're a kid you know the the stakes are just pretty low they're low for you you know you just gotta kind of get good grades not get in trouble you know what i mean it's the rare kid that's like has their eye on on like a goal way down the road or is like an athlete or some kind of like you know crazy scientist at like 12 most of it's like you know go to school, try not to get in trouble, get enough, good enough grades to go to a decent college, get laid. Who's going to buy up? You know what I mean? Like they're very <laughs> limited. Yeah. So it's when you get to be an adult and then the stakes are like authentic for you, like yeah. failing at this is going to crush me. You know what I mean? Like this is now, this is what I want. And like, this is going to last. This is who I might become. Yeah. That then you have to, you can't avoid failure if what you want is on the other side of failure. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, what I've learned after really shitting the bed repeatedly for a long period of time is that success is, is not the avoidance of failure or the absence of failure. It's persistence through f- multiple failures, like relentless failure. You just keep going. Yeah. You just keep going, you know? Yeah. So what's nice about being like a doer now is I'm not, I just think, well, I want to do this thing. So I'm just going to do it and like see how it goes. And wow, that was terrible. And I was terrible at it. And I'm going to try again, or I'm going to try something different, but similar and just keep going, you know?
0: Yeah. I love that you're. I love that you've imposed your motivational self now on your teenage self. Like I could have been more motivated. I could have back been then. way
1: better. Were, were oh. you going to a public school? So like my parents. Where was this, by the way? Where I grew up in the Bay area? area. I was born in San Francisco, and okay. then I kind of bounced back and forth between the East Bay, like Oakland and, and Berkeley, and then San Francisco. Like kind of all through my childhood. Mm-hmm. And my parents. What does That
0: mean your parents moved around? Or yeah, they just moved around. Of, poor but people. They in the yeah,
1: Bay poor area. people move around. Poor people move around. Yeah, especially are like, in an
0: expensive area. Yeah, like San yeah, like. This goes.
1: We lived in the East Bay for a long time and I went, like my parents were, you know, like working class, but like, you know, just, I don't know. I feel like a lot of working class people just don't have stability. Like it's hard for them. You lose a job and that's it. Like you have no cushion, you know? So, um, but they were interesting working class people because like my mom was an artist and you know, my dad was like a fisherman and then he was like a photographer. So my mom was a teacher for a little while. So I went to Montessori school. So I started out in private school, like my parents didn't have money, but like my mom taught at the school so her kids could go there. And That's then when cool. she left that job, I had like a partial financial scholarship and my parents really scrimped and saved. So I went to private school until the s- seventh grade and then um, they couldn't afford it anymore. So then I went to public school for a year and then I went back to private school for a year and then that was it. Like they were just out of money. And so then I went to public school for the rest of high school. And so by the time I was a sophomore in high school, I was like... 4 grades ahead of all the other kids in the school yeah. which is not an indictment of public schools but they p- are pretty terrible.
0: Well yeah, I mean it's like it's not an indictment in the sense that it was kind of an intense. Like it is actually. what it. Well, you know, and <laughs> Bay Area just, schools what, are not known for being. No, great. I mean, like, even there are certain school districts.
1: Yeah, and that I was like a magnety school. It was like, even yeah. a little bit better than the other ones, but I just feel like you know teachers have to just teach. They, they could, have to manage downwards. They have to yeah, teach to like the
0: forty kids in yeah. a class instead of yeah. ten or fifteen. or Yeah, 20 and you just 30, can't 30,
1: but, you you can't help the accelerated kids. You've got to deal with like the middle. You know, yeah. and I just remember like I got to public school and we were doing Shakespeare. Uh, in sophomore year, and I'd done Shakespeare in sixth grade, you know, and so I was just a douche. Looking back, I probably was, you know, just like a hand up. I was fucking Hermione Granger, just like, <laughs> I, uh, 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 you know, but like in this casual, shitty way, you know what I mean? Like, why doesn't anybody else Like, know rolling that? your eyes. Yeah, like, just am just I a really fucker. the only yeah. person who, yeah. Yeah. And I got, I had a great, a couple of great teachers who, like, you know, were like, maybe don't be such a dick about it. Like, <laughs> maybe try that first. And then, I'll help you, you know. And then when I got to AP classes, that was great because I'd have a couple of AP classes that were kind of... But I got like in a shouting match with the teacher because I felt like she didn't know the material. You know, I was Mm -hmm. like, why should we be studying when you don't even know the material and you have to keep looking in your study guide to answer my questions. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, I was... Nobody wins in that situation. No, I feel like I was kind of a dick. Um, (laughs) I was just frustrated. I mean, I think what happens with kids is the smart kids wash out and the the really accelerated kids wash out and the really decelerated kids mm-hmm. wash out you know the decelerated kids need special attention and the accelerated kids are bored and they're and they're frustrated like my sister's probably smarter than me and Older um younger, younger and How much younger? uh four years okay like a, her mind is that goes a million miles an hour she was just so bored that she just was like well, i might as well go get high you yeah. know what i mean yeah did you um, go down
0: that road at all? I did.
1: Oh, who didn't? Yeah, yeah.
0: Some I mean, people didn't. And that's yeah. what I'm surprised to find out. Doing this podcast, like I found out so much about the 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 girls that I kind of would have assumed like got into trouble, ended up sort of skipping past right. that, or did it in their 20s, or yeah. And then I was already were done. Just like
1: I was already done partying by the time I got to like college. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Which was was nice to get it out of the way.
0: That's but, how I feel. I feel like oh my god, that was when the stakes were low. To yeah, your point, yeah. My emotional like baggage was less mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. always say like if i dropped acid tomorrow right. i would jump off a bridge because like everything <laughs> that i stress about would become right so, so isn't massive that so funny and, like yeah. twisted and i mean if i dropped like- acid
1: tomorrow i'd be like i've locked all the doors
0: <laughs> um, i hid the knives at
1: the- i put soft things down on all the hard <laughs> surfaces i taped a pillow to my butt uh-huh. everything's gonna be fine <laughs> but oh, i do i feel like you know, the other thing is I feel like some people are just cursed by genetics. You know what I mean? I just was not genetically predisposed to have any substance problems. Mm-hmm. I have been like a behavioral partier. Like I can go and I can drink with best people. But I could also like stop drinking immediately and not drink for months or a year. Yeah. Just – it's not like been a problem. Do you feel like you're – do you
0: sort of absorb – the culture around you in that way, like in a way that sort of like you are adaptive in the way that you could be comfortable in this environment or this environment or that, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I feel like maybe part that might be part of the reason why I'm like in the entertainment business is I really like to relate to the people around cause I was such an outsider and such a nerd for so long and yeah. didn't have a lot of friends. You know, when you're on the outside, you really need to relate to people and you want to relate to people and um, you just want to find a way in. So I, do, I am maybe not a chameleon so much as it's just I really like to connect with people. I think that's probably how I was built. Even though I was really isolated as a kid, I'm definitely like an extroverted personality. So mm-hmm. um, like in the clinical sense, you know, where they say like introverts are recharged by being alone and extroverts are recharged by connecting with other people. Like it's really how my brain chemistry works. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I can definitely kind of, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like, I like a good time, but then my switch just turns off and I'm like, I'm done now. Same. Yeah. And I, I feel so lucky because I, that's, I feel like it's 90% just, just genetic makeup and 10% like I did get to a point in my, like I stopped and people on my show know that I stopped drinking a while ago. <laughs> I started drinking again, but my, but it, none of it was very cataclysmic. It wasn't like I had a problem and then went to rehab. I was like, uh, when I have a, a glass of wine at night, I can't wake up as early as I want to in the morning. Or when I, you know, when I have a hangover, I'm not effective. So it's affecting the edges of my effectiveness and i don't want to yeah. you know i want to be a razor all the time yeah and so that was why i stopped and when i went back to it it was completely different because when i stopped before i had like a glass of wine every night or two glasses of wine every night and now i have like a drink a week mm-hmm. um and it's just and i can kind of take it or leave it and it's much more esoteric i'm like Oh, I'm gonna taste this bourbon or you know, I went to a dinner and I had a thing, but it's not like it's I'm home. Chasing it used to be like I'm home and it's five o'clock and now it's time to have a glass of wine. Yeah. Which is it was much more like a part of my life before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely relate to that. That's I mean, that's the number one reason I give to people. It's that I there's no judgment attached, and I mean I certainly have friends who seem completely unaffected by mm-hmm. I don't know I mean, I can't answer that for anybody but personally. Their goal set might be and different, their goal than set might be different. Set, yeah. But I do I do not like overcoming something in the morning. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. You want to start like, that. like at I zero. Feel like, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like that's where I am I'm most effective. I have friends who, you know, really wake up and like can work until two in the morning and are like, you know what? That's actually when I really like to write or whatever. Right. I super respect that. I feel like I can see my my sort of like effectiveness start up here in the right. morning. And, and then diminish. as the day wears on, I'm sort of like... Totally, I feel like maybe not doing it that anymore. Yeah, or it's really time to motivated stop. in the morning. Yeah, so it's too I had tricky. I a fantasy for me to drink, about yeah. myself too. Like I don't know if you had this. Like I had a real,
1: I had like a, a really elaborate set of fantasies about myself as a kid, and then especially in my twenties, which was like I'm going to be one of those people. It's all wrapped up in all my superhero fantasies, which probably all kids have, but nerd kids have the most because usually they want to defend people who are being beat up on because they were the ones being beat up on. You oh, know what yes. I mean? You have that kind of empathetic like. I, people were mean to me and I want to help people that are b- being mean, being m- mean to two. That's not a thing. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Third
0: side of the coin, yeah. Third yeah. Side of the yeah. There's
1: so many sides on this coin. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, so my fantasy was that I would just be one of these super effective people that like got eight hours of sleep and ate super clean and got it before and worked out for an hour. Like I just had that fantasy about who I wanted to be. And then I just, I could never do it when I was in my twenties. I just couldn't do it. And I, and what I realize now is, probably 90% of that, 10% of that was motivation. 90% of it was booze, you know, that was just, and it, again, it wasn't like I was like blackout drinking or ever out of control. I've always been a drinker who was like, I'm like, even on a night, I'm done drinking now, you know, and there are people who can't, like they just go until their body stops them. But I would just be like, yeah, I've had, I've had a few drinks and I'm good. Um, But what I realized was the reason I wasn't the person I wanted to be, which was someone who got up at four and worked out for an hour and had like this hour of like silence in the morning before anything happened where I got like utter mental clarity and I could like plan my day was because you know, I'd have a a couple of drinks at night and it would just, you know, just took that away from me. So that was like, I think I was always effective, but I don't think, I think I've been my most effective since I stopped drinking regularly. Yeah.
0: Did you, when you were a teenager, did you have, did you understand because I'm interested in, like the coping mechanisms that we develop as younger people mm-hmm. and kind of how they end up like right. surprising us like, Oh, you're, Oh, that's so that's then. tied to that. Yeah, and right, like, totally. I reckon, I mean, some of them are so in, for me, some of them are so incredibly immediate and direct. Like there is no difference. Like for sure. At the end of a school day, if I needed to zone out, I would go ride my bike. And right. somehow I lost that for 10 right, years. Right. And then all of a sudden it came back, it back and it was like, yeah, Oh my God, this is the same medicine. You do return to who you are in
1: your fundamental years, right? Yeah, I feel like my
0: 20s were so much about... That's why this podcast makes sense to me and these guys know is that it's so interesting. I mean, some people are wildly different from how they were when they were at lessons. But for me, I do feel like my 20s were sort of a period of like, am I this person? I right, don't know. Right. And then my 30s have been like, mm, I guess I was the person right. that I thought maybe I wasn't all through my 20s. Oh, that's interesting. So there's a weird like coming around.
1: Yeah. God, I wonder. It's funny. I, I, I always think about how my experiences have influenced who I am now. But I haven't thought so much about whether structurally the person I was then has like kind of expanded to become the person I am. And I'm thinking about it as we are sitting here together. Well,
0: like, how would you, you know, for example, because you were experiencing what you were experiencing, that kind of impatience at school, at school and um, maybe feeling isolated in some ways, how did, like, what were your coping mechanisms then? Like, I mean, for both of us, it sounds like there was some kind of like boredom drug use, because I definitely <laughs> had that. Yeah. Like, My brain's too busy. Let me right. either make it busier in a weird way or like, shut it down in this way. Well, I was definitely
1: like an escapist. So like earlier than that, like, you know, m- grade school, middle school, like a, I was a big escapist. So I would read a lot of sci-fi and, um, I would go, I would get my parents to drop me off at the movie theater at, at 11 and I would get a matinee ticket for like a dollar cause I'm a thousand years old. And then, uh, and then I would just spend the whole day in the theater. Like I'd watch a movie and then I'd, like play video games in between and then i'd sneak into another theater and i'd watch like three movies and then i get my parents to pick me up at dinner time um or i'd go to the library and i would just spend God, all day in the library me
0: too and the library i was just thinking about that every time i drive by the los Feliz library yeah which is Hill really Hurst, pretty yeah so nice and then the library downtown which mm-hmm, was like gorgeous, yeah yeah I do feel that nostalgia, speaking of feeling a thousand, I don't, f- I don't have a reason to go in. Not There's no reason to go reason, in, no. But I do miss that feeling yeah. of like that. I mean, it really was. Listen, I also enjoyed candy and ice cream. So right. certainly going into a candy right. store, yeah. I, I get a super rush of like, what, is, what does this hold for me? Right. But it was kind of exactly the same with the library. Yeah. That feeling of, and that smell. There
1: was a bit, there was this, oh this is a very thinking conversation we're having. Uh, There was just like this feeling for me of like potential, like anything can happen in here. All of these books are available to me. I mean, because when you're, when you're like nine, your Saturday is your Saturday. Like, now I'm finally starting to make, like, Sunday a, a Sunday again. Like, for yeah. me, for years, every day of the week, the week was work day, Because we're period. all us. Yeah, so exactly. You kind
0: of are always hounding every yourself. Day. Like, yeah. don't feel good about this brunch. You right. should be at home right. doing nothing. Immediately da-da-da-da. when you
1: go home, like, get in front of your computer. Yeah. And I'm trying to, like, do this thing now where, like, it's – this is not a new idea, but I'm trying to – like, I've I Sunday is, like, fully Sunday fun day. And I have to remind myself and all unplug. day, like, stop getting up to do things that are work-related. But um, But, like, when you're nine, like – just being in the library all day on Saturday and being like, I'm just gonna stand here and just look at the like my favorite. I've re- I've written about this, but, but like to get... I was a fucking weird kid.
0: Um, <laughs> so far, <laughs> it was really, really you sound weird. the same as me, God. but I certainly was a weird kid. I like so. a big,
1: super heavy, like, cancer pathology books and look amazing. at tumors for
0: hours nope, and just nope, be grossed nope, out by tumors
1: and boils and stuff. Um, Yeah. That's and, amazing. The uh, you know, or just sense or
0: fear of, like, this could be me.
1: No, no. just yeah. like, oh, man, that's so gross. Amazing. Yeah. No, 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 like, no kind of developing neurosis about it just be like wow that's really grim or like someone will get like a giant either like a giant um like well homunculi you can't really homunculi are their own thing but uh, like a goiter and I just say like, why isn't this person why haven't they cut off this goiter oh, this is crazy God. you know just like looking or like a venereal disease is okay, a really like fully developed venereal.
0: that I would be like an activity a lot of, like yeah, cauliflower shaped yeah
1: cauliflower penises are like, like just a big like next to by. a vagina just like a big purple so like a yeah just disgusting fascinating <laughs> when you're a kid only slightly less fascinating <laughs> as an adult right you're more grossed out but because yeah. you related more to your own body now yes, absolutely. but you know when you're a kid you're just like oh people grown That'll up grown up parts no yeah. but yeah. oh i could spend the whole day oh my god so well, i was really iso- i think it was much more socially isolated as a kid and yeah. i would just i would like retreat into that stuff and i would also go to there was a laundromat across the street from my house when i was in like fifth, fifth sixth seventh grade maybe eighth and um and there was a defender there was a defender a centipede and a galaga in there and i would just spend every penny that i had on that defender game i played so much defender yeah 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 I did get. you ever get to the like enter in the high score on the top i'm sure i had scores i know i had scores on that defender i had scores in my movie theater because i always went to the same movie theater so i had like tempest i had a tempest high score i had a ms pacman high score i maybe had like three scores on defender no one really played you know and then little kids would come in and i wouldn't let them on i was <laughs> i'm not interested in your problems Bully. little do- i was i was like a jo- <laughs> i was a giant i looked a lot older than i was it was like help me defend my
0: game from other people um did you have what, like in terms of, I mean, I, I know that obviously if you're that immersed in books and, and and movies and stuff as I was, it's not to say that there's like a specific genre that you're necessarily obsessed with, but I I do know, and I think this is true for a lot of kids, that I was very into sort of mysteries and mm-hmm. secrets and mm-hmm. secret places and wishing that more mysteries happened to me <laughs> and that kind of that's stuff cute. and sort of like that's part of the... The, the purposefully isolated yeah i do i know that like developmentally young people everybody seeks out that sort of secret hiding place mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of kids have like groups of kids that have a secret hiding place i didn't i just right. had like m- a place only i knew about kind of right thing. but did you have were you were you seeking after that stuff too or were you more into is there was there anything in particular that you were especially kind of obsessive about when you When you escaped into stuff.
1: Well, like, literally, I was super into into sci-fi and fantasy. Like, it was just, it was like sci-fi even a little bit more than fantasy. Like, I had, like, kind of the typical, you know, I, like, everybody read Tolkien. And, you know, someone told me the other day it was Tolkien, which I don't care if it is Tolkien. I'll never pronounce it that way because it sounds supertentious. But um, Tolkien, I was like, I just think you want to sound fancy um but like bradbury i loved i loved sci-fi i loved sci-fi short stories yeah. i loved like all you know just snow crash and i would read things over and over again Or kayla geene like i loved that stuff um like physically i used to build these little like villages and stuff like that i was such. A weird uh, like well, my favorite thing to do was like go in the backyard or my parents would sometimes take me up to the UC Berkeley campus. They yeah, had a lot of creeks great up there and I would build little villages like by a creek. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. And just like imagine
1: that there were little people. Yes. And, yes. Uh, yeah. That was like a big, that was like a big thing. But like even now it's so funny. You were talking about your twenties being this exploratory time. Like I was really into sci-fi and fantasy and comic books like as a kid and then kind of I had a little bit of a social life in high school and college and then my 20s were kind of about other stuff. And now I've like totally returned to all of that. And like, I, and I, even when I'm reading, like i am like, it's like, I read one nonfiction book for like every nine, like sci-fi or fantasy yeah. books that I read. Um, but I'm also super into post-apocalyptic stuff too, which I always loved as a kid as well. I think because, you know, I just, it all feeds into the superhero thing. You're alone, you know, you're alone and you're thinking of yourself saving the world and yourself, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're kind of on the outside, you're, you know, you want, You want to think of yourself as meaningful and impactful and that people don't really see how important you are and that, you know, you could really help them. And then there's a party that's like, well, I don't mind being alone because I'm, you know, I'm tough and I could, you know, I could live by myself. I could live out in the wasteland alone and I'd be okay. And you know, all that shit that runs through your head when you're, yeah, it's funny because I
0: don't feel, I don't know that because I also love post-apocalyptic stuff and I, and I'm, I'm fairly obsessed with. This and this ties into like seeing how other people live. Also just like empty spaces and places mm-hmm. you're not supposed to go into and mm-hmm. real into that stuff. Yeah. Um and and so I I do seek out the sort of like anything where it's I mean, from Planet of the Apes to Twelve Monkeys, anything where, you know, it's a building that you recognize, but it's a total wasteland and it's half right. buried in sand or right. it's overgrown right. with vines and spiders and all that shit. Yeah. I I do have that like Hunger to to sort of put myself in that space, yeah. and I think that was like even like twenty eight days later, like the fact that they effectively shot on London streets. Yeah, that was incredible how no they did one that film. Was, yeah, that kind of that's feeling is. I mean, I, yeah. and and I guess that's why like zombie stuff is so popular. Like the, everything, everything about that idea like, of, like zombie everything stuff. Everything turns on it, so or they don't yeah. know why they like it. Yeah, you know, because because whenever I'm trying to get
1: someone into zombie stuff um like my, my mom who i think is a really smart person and is has like doesn't mind like kind of tough narrative you know like she really loves true detective and she doesn't have a problem with like kind of like hard like edgy just you know difficult material she just hates walking dead and i keep saying this is not about zombies, like like literally post apocalyptic fiction is about human nature, sure. Like, and who are we? And that's who do, just a
0: soap opera. Yeah, I mean, the,
1: the, yeah, the the characters like I feel like it's asking like essential questions about about the nature of humanity. Are we essentially good or are we yeah. essentially bad? When when there are no rules, when there are no laws, when there's no societal structure to kind of keep us in our place, keep us put together and kind of upright, do we How devolve? We do? Yeah. yeah, do we devolve or do we elevate? And that's a really interesting question to I me, and it's always been really interesting you know what I mean and yeah. I think that's even when you know sci- like sci-fi narratives about like people populating other planets you know um, or even something as basic as as Lord of the Flies you know or something more modern like Battle Royale or Hunger Games like who are we are mm. we are we beasts yeah. you know or are we are that's we like creatures question, of light right? yeah it's sort of yeah question it's a
0: question ultimately, ultimately, everybody's asking themselves because we all want to think we'd be Simon
1: yeah but we wouldn't no no we wouldn't and I, I think you know, I don't know. Is there? You know, the you see people who like love. You know, I mean, Shane wasn't even really around for very long in the books, but on the show, people just like love the character of Shane. And you know, and and I and to me, I'm like, I think it's worth holding on to your moral structure, even in the face of your own destruction. I mean, that's you know, and I think that's like that's the that's the inner conflict in the human mind, which is like, will I be good, even if it doesn't earn me anything? Will I be yeah. good, even if no one's watching? Is it you know? if you talk about people who, are, who think of it from religious grounds, they're worried about being punished, but I'm like, well, what about just the essential nature of goodness and like that it's important to be good because it's meaningful. For, yeah. yeah. Like regardless of whether I'm going to get burned in hell or not, fuck hell. I don't know where, I don't know when that's going to go down. I'd like to f- be good now. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and I, I, to me, that's like such an interesting,
0: you know, I, c- I thing couldn't agree more. Contemplate. I could not agree more. I feel like that's something that I find myself thinking about a lot too, just in terms of, You know, there's something like, speaking of surrendering there's something really enjoyable and perhaps dangerously enjoyable about sort of giving yourself the scientific permission to be an animal. You know yes. what I mean? Oh God, like I think about this constantly. Feel, yes. You feel like, but I mean, cause like I'm obsessed with also like the idea of, I haven't listened to it yet. Well, I'm, I, I say listen because I know I'm going to listen to it as an audiobook, probably mm-hmm. on my bike, not read it, but I might. <laughs> um, but the, the memoirs of a sociopath, oh, I don't know I'm, a, I'm so fascinated with this woman who's a, confirmed sociopath I think she's like very successful like a business sociopath as There's many I'm of sure them that are. the business world is right riddled with, with, sociopaths. with sociopaths but I am so uh, that is such a fascinating that idea of like that you could be intellectually developed and advanced as an animal, Mm -hmm. but then lack empathy is like such a mindfuck because it feels like, okay, there's the perfect example of someone who, you know, scientifically speaking is an animal has is, is just as evolved as somebody with empathy, but can make calculated decisions about morality right. without feeling right, anything. Right, without relating without, to you know, it I on mean, an I'm emotional not, level. Not, yeah, From what I understand right. about it.
1: I mean, and sometimes empathy, empathy is involuntary. I mean, right? to, for most of us, when we're talking about trying to empathize with others, you know, uh, it's like when you see, see and this is, these things are in conflict all the time, like when you see babies, right? And you see a baby crying and then all the other babies start crying, right? There's nothing wrong with what's happening with these babies, but they see a baby crying and they're involuntarily, you know, empathic or empathetic. Then separately, ch- children can also be incredibly cruel oh, and yeah. walk up to another kid and push them down and kick them and take their toy and walk away and feel nothing at all. I mean, Absolutely. these two things are always in conflict. I was just
0: listening, they just mentioned this. I was just listening to an oldest American life episode and they were talking specifically about talking in and around that and it's come up in other episodes of theirs as well. But this idea that, um, like this, this scientist basically said, or this—I don't know if he was was like a developmental psychologist or something—but he said, you know, not to oversimplify. But in a way, the worst human beings in the world are are just two year olds. Oh yeah, like, completely oh, yeah. undeveloped. People are horrified when you say that. But undeveloped, kids are empathy, awful. No,
1: know? they don't. They have no. They only know their own worldview. They only understand and their like, own experience. Behavior like yeah. there
0: can literally be pleasure in causing. Oh yeah, pain yeah, biting to and, to and kicking and then thing. dying
1: of laughter. Yeah. Also, they learn how to lie incredibly. People always think people, so that early. babies are taught to lie, but that they they, they they understand it almost immediately. Like yeah. the kind of impulse for self. Reservation. Oh, yeah. You know, there, we, there's one experiment where they tell a little kid, like... Don't play with the toy. Yeah, and then they leave the kid alone, and immediately every kid plays with the toy. And like nine of the ten kids, when they come back, lie and say I didn't yeah. play with the toy. And they're really little, like little, little, little
0: ish. I feel yeah, like my, and I don't enjoy anthropomorphizing. I'm embarrassed by it. Everybody I'm not does, that though. person. How can you help it? But how can you help it? Yeah, especially I mean because I don't have children, mm-hmm. and I, but I don't I don't feel that my dogs are my children in any way. Yeah, but you love them in a certain kind of you know. I do love yeah, them, yeah, and I also feel like way. anything that you're observing the behavior of on a daily basis right. whether or not you're the same species i feel like especially my new dog these guys know i've had one dog for uh 10 years and this other dog i've only had for nine months but mm-hmm. she's four and she's a husky and she is so smart mm-hmm. that my other dog's a smart dog i yeah. thought i mean i'm he's very smart yeah but she is like maniacally smart wow like, I don't understand how she can be that smart. But I feel like part of that is that she has like lying behavior. Like she has the behavior of a child who's like, I definitely didn't right. do that. Like, oh, if she totally. could articulate, and the sort of like, I don't feel bad about this. Right. But I know you want to see that I feel bad, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to act do the most cartoonish, yeah. over the top, insincere <laughs> sort of like guilty dog. That's as if adorable. she saw a guilty dog on television and was like, "Oh, that's what I should Did do." Understood. See? There like, was
1: this video of this dog. Oh, it's really funny. I, I don't have dogs. I, I like dogs. I'm not a dog person, but I like dogs. But um, so it's this dog. Who clearly has been told to not get on the bed, and the person's like, Don't get on the bed, and then the person leaves and there's like they set a camera up, and the dog waits, looks at the door oh, yeah. for like thirty or forty seconds, and then just gets up and wails on that bed. Yeah. Doesn't just get up and sit on the bed, like wiggles all around, scrubs its back, boops its head, like just like wiggle, 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 like yeah. a crazy person. Yeah. So calculated, so thoughtful, not just like mindless dog behavior, like, let me make sure this person's gone. For sure. So that I can go ape shit bananas for on this sure. spot that I know I'm not supposed to be in at it all. It's,
0: it's amazing, and also
1: define like, defiant, like sco- just like let me defiant. just put my balls Absolutely on the bed, defiant. and then when you get back, you can lie on my balls and fuck you for and not letting me get on the bed.
0: Pretty much is, and that ties us back into the whole animal thing, which is I don't necessarily feel in in a lot of moments with these animals, and I think about it more now that there's three of us for some mm-hmm. reason than I did when it was just me and a dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, suddenly the dynamic changes when there are three, but. Um, I feel less like they're human and I'm wildly aware that I'm an animal and that I'm just mm-hmm. the alpha dog. That oh, yeah. Sort of how yeah. I feel is mm-hmm. like, I don't think my dog gets up on the bed because he's sort of like a person would do. I think it's the defiance of like alpha dog not here. Now I'm alpha. Yeah, dog. Yeah. Interesting. And Maybe so you I couldn't feel see that dynamic until like, there oh, was a pack. A pack. Yeah, I have a pack now. Yeah, And yeah. This is just, and I'm, and I'm a dog. Yeah, I feel like that's what's happened. Is that now I'm more dog, than a right? Person. Right. That maybe is not true, but, uh, but I but do yeah, feel like so that crazy. conflict
1: between kind of hu- your humanity and your animal. Like I'm always thinking about that because I kind of feel like, you know, as humans, you know, especially if you, I mean, take if you setting religion aside, which is kind of its own has had this its own ongoing like war on our animal selves, you know what I mean? And, right. and trying to find ways to keep people from being animals. Even though so much of the behavior becomes uh, completely yeah, critical. So cruel, so sadistic, yeah. yeah, so manipulative. But like that aside, I do feel like there's always this, I'm always thinking, okay, on the one hand, you're trying to elevate you, you know, you're, you know, to, you're trying to not, I'm, I'm not using divine in the religious sense, but to try to be a more, uh, to transcend, uh, Yeah, to whatever. be a, to more of a yeah. transcendent self. You know what I mean? That we have self-awareness, we have empathy, we have a, a complex understanding of ideas and the world around us and how we relate to others and what our impact is both on ourselves and, and our loved ones and people that we don't even know. And so it, with, with all that information, we should be making a different, a different set of decisions than we do most of the time. And then the fact that, like, we are in essence just you know monkeys in pants, and that the longer that we fight that, or long that we resist understanding that, the the less we understand ourselves, and the more life is painful and confusing and difficult, totally. and and the more we suffer because we don't just stipulate to the idea that we are just animals that have figured out how to communicate with like with, with sounds and puffs of air, yeah, and somehow we think that makes us you know like demigods when we're just these. You know, we're just ants crawling around and we like push all the dirt into a shape and then we live inside it. Yeah. And then a few years later, that shape falls down. And we, you know, it's like, we're just crawling around on this ball, right? And how, how yeah. do you order all that? How do you figure all that out? I yeah. I
0: completely it's agree. interesting. And, like, for example, do you eat meat?
1: I do. I do. I do. I, I, I've gone back.
0: I've swung wildly in both
1: directions for Me many, too. many years. Yeah.
0: And and I can't. And that's, that's another part of that conversation that I'm having in my head, which is, you know, am, am I excusing the fact that I am not vegan with this like lame sort of like I'm an animal? Listen, I'm an animal. I I eat meat. Like that's I'm right. supposed to. Right. Versus people who I think are using that kind of evolution argument to, to say, we, say we know we better, do not need to. We know, and we know better. We know, we know better. better. We and know the cruelty. Work.
1: Maybe an animal doesn't understand the cruelty. But see, here's the thing. So like. First of all, I, I've been vegetarian, I've been vegan, i have in all of the things, I'm eating meat now and i'm pretty responsible i don't think i'm 100% responsible i'm pretty responsible about the meat i eat like i try to eat humanely raised i try to for yeah. to be organic i try to be thoughtful about same. it same
0: and i can't bring myself i don't know why but and and i can't judge anyone else because no. i can't even articulate it i can no longer eat beef i don't know i like know too much about that even yeah, though you I, think know, it's I could eat responsibly chicken i'm like chickens are way and i know more and for some raised. reason i still eat poultry even though i know and i mean super i try, dirty. i go and i eat free range you know i only right. eat free range right. and I only da da, da. But it's it's totally like like I've just made this fucked up decision in my head where I can now look at a cow and go, I can't eat you. And I can still look at a chicken in a coop and go... Yeah, I can it's eat. Cows, I their can Their faces are all.
1: Adorable. You know what I mean? Those big and fish. And I can yeah. still eat fish. Yeah. It, that has to do but with I can't just eat pigs. Like, evolutionary scale. Me, you know what I mean? That's evolutionary
0: scale, right? Yeah. And we know pigs are actually yeah. pretty smart, which is we do know pigs are no. smart. Um, no. I can't eat um, venison. I can't eat rabbit. That's <laughs> totally, a cute factor. Totally can't totally eat lamb. C- too cute. Yeah, isn't it weird? It's like a totally irrational. Because I'll never judge anyone one way or the other because I cannot argue the cute factor. I cannot say how dare you eat that lamb, cute thing. It's so damn cute. Right. Right. Fuck you, Janet. You know. So
1: okay. So this is really interesting too because i feel like um i feel like the reasons i object to meat eating in in modern times is just the the way that the animals are raised that their lives are short and you know pretty brutish and dirty and there's a lot of cruelty so that's one reason not to eat meat health aside uh you know, oh, it, and just and then I think, okay, also, like this animal lived a really dirty life and now I'm ingesting it. And so, like, I'm ingesting all of this kind of cruelty and dirt and, you know, whatever else they're doing to this animal before it was killed. But I went to Africa, I lived in Africa for a while when I was an undergrad. And, you know, uh, I don't think that the lion is thinking about the cruelty of literally devouring an animal alive so that the animal is looking back while its hindquarters are being ingested raw. Oh, God. It, you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. alive and I'm watching you eat me. Yeah. That is about as cruel as it gets. That's a long, very painful death. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. bolt to the forehead. There was no period of being finished in corn. Yeah. It's like I was with my family and then I was ripped limb from limb and they always talk about, you know, like a lot of times the big cats will like break the necks, but a lot of times they won't. A lot of times they run it down, yeah. hold it in their claws, and eat it alive. Yeah, like if
0: it's easy enough to do that, it's not going to yeah. occur to them
1: like, mm, I should end this yeah, misery. Yeah, eat it alive. And so that's as cruel as any experience yeah. that an animal has in captivity. Uh, and And animals do eat animals. It's not like we don't have examples in nature. If you want to talk about the natural order of things – Animals eat other animals. That's kind of the chain. That's the nature of the food chain. So I think you can make an argument, which is, I don't want to be cruel because I know more. And I think that that's fair. I think yeah. that's a totally fair choice. But I don't think it's r- real to say it's unnatural right. for an animal to well, eat another I mean, animal. Well, I I think people
0: say we've evolved. But that's the argument, right? Is like, well, We're we've not evolved, that, evolved. Past that We're not now. that evolved. We should have evolved. Like, you know, t- 20 years from now, we'll look back and say, I can't believe me I don't I, I mean don't, I don't no. foresee that because I also feel like we're way too selfish no matter how we far don't, we evolved the only reason
1: wanted. we have the brains that we have the size the development the reason that we are at the top of the developmental at least the intellectually developmental food chain the reason that we're at the top of the pyramid is because we eat meat our brains got this big because the things that we got out of eating other animals enabled our brains to grow this big and vegetarian animals have really underdeveloped brains you know what i mean they're not that intelligent I've
0: never i don't think i've ever thought about that there's before, like abundant evidence to the
1: fact that the reason that our strain of homo you know sapien homo erectus that we the reason we are different than the other branches of you know the the Neanderthals and I'm not a fucking
0: <laughs> anthropologist.
1: Anthropologist, I was going to say sociologist, was not even the right scientist. I'm not an anthropologist, but like the guys, reason that there will that, be a quiz at the end of this. Podcast. Yeah.
0: God, it's, please, please, <laughs> if you could
1: Google everything I got wrong and just send it me an email, would be, be great. Yeah, um, but like the reason that there was different branches of the of the Homo tree and the reason that our branch is so evolved is because we found fire, started eating meat, started ingesting all of these things that are in animal flesh that made our brains grow bigger. It's and a that's really, so. Really you know, argument. you can say, well, we, we got here and now we can stop. But you can't say that it's just meat eating meat is inherent in the developmental timeline of our species. Yeah. It's why we are able to Fly planes and make poetry and make tofu and make tofu. Yeah, yeah, and science and try, you know, that's just it is intrinsically interwoven into the the animal that we are now. So I feel like it's an important choice for you to make. But like, even the fact that vegans then have to supplement with all of these vitamins that are absent from their diet when they're strictly vegan, that you don't get the right B vitamins, that there are amino acids that are missing, means that we are not meant to be vegan. You know, we're not like, just evolutionarily, we're not meant to be vegan. Yeah. I really respect vegans. I think it's, I feel sad a lot when I eat meat. I feel sad about it. I feel badly. I do. You know, I think this is sad. Me not eating meat isn't going to really change the nature of the human beast. This ball is crawling with assholes (laughs) who think nothing. Probably wouldn't, probably would not think very long before eating another human being if they got the opportunity or if they were hungry enough. But I, again, I don't. I think because being vegan is such a job, and it requires really like thoughtful planning because you don't get what you need from a vegan diet. It's that's just evidentiary, like sweet generous proof that we're not a vegan animal.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you this too. This is jumping way back for a second, but did you have because you had because you because you were in a, sp- a position in school where that wasn't necessarily a huge challenge for you and you did enjoy I've never asked this question to anyone I don't think before Ooh, exciting. um did you have a did you have strong opinions and an awareness of the world at large or was your was your sphere still and especially in the bay area mm-hmm. was your sphere still kind of about your life and your high school experience and kind of escaping into more artistic endeavors and stuff? Or did you have time or the interest in kind of having an awareness of this stuff that Mm -hmm. we're talking about when you were younger? I was a super
1: big ideas kid. Yeah. Super big ideas kid. My parents were like really political when they were young. My mom was in student nonviolent coordinating committee. Um,
0: Did your parents stay together by the way?
1: No, no, they got divorced when I was like 10. They were both still in my life. Throughout and like still in my life now, like they're still to. I just had dinner with my mom and my dad, like together. Like they're still really good friends. They both remarried, and they were always part of each other's lives. But, um, but yeah, it was like super progressive, very political. I read the paper. I read like my my high school. uh, They found uh, asbestos in my high school, so we organized these protests to like get it out of the school. And um, I was always like just a really, really political kid. Like. You know, I don't, and it's funny. I always feel like, you know, great, you know, talking about like escapism, like great sci-fi was always about big ideas about Absolutely. humanity and politics and, you know, conflict. And so those ideas were always in my head. And um, it's really funny. Oh, I have a friend now I've known a really long time, but we lost touch for re- for years. So I knew him in the eighth grade and then I didn't see him again until I was in my thirties. And he's friends with my like my oldest friend who I have kept in touch with since we were all in the eighth grade together. And then me and this one best friend, like stayed best friends our whole lives. This other guy disappeared and he came back. So he's like, I remember you. And I'm like, I don't remember you because I don't remember anything. I'm, I have a terrible memory. And he's like, I remember you sat right in front of me in math class. And one day we were talking about the death penalty. And you made this like huge argument about how even if someone murdered your family, that you would not want them to be killed. And I was so mad at you. And I was like, that's bullshit. You're lying. You would totally want them to be killed. And he's like, and I remember this argument so vividly that, you know, he's like, you were you were like a really cogent Mm. arguer and you had like really fully developed kind of humanist views and this was like you know when in, in the eighth Good. grade yeah which i don't remember i just remember that like my friends used to get high before school in the, <laughs> in the, in the grade school playground a ah. block away um you saved the really important memories yeah the, yeah, the ones that were meaningful yeah all the yep. other ones i strained away so um i think i was and then you know like in in college i you know i was a government major and i wanted to be an attorney i was oh, gonna be an, yeah okay. yeah i was gonna be a, i was gonna be a, a, an environmental attorney and i was gonna like save animals and i was like super green and um yeah i was i was really in the environment in high school and college i was in the outing club and you know i joined the sierra club and i volunteered to be a whitewater rafting guide so that, that, my whole life i was always this kind of in fact i feel like i'm even though i do a lot of volunteerism now i feel like i'm the least political that i've ever been because i'm so jaded mm. you know i just was more of an idealist as a kid and now yeah. And now I've seen House of Cards, and I realize that <laughs> everybody's just having sex with their secret <sighs> service agent, and
0: <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're in high school, alert no one's telling you. At least no one was telling me. Like, well, just make sure that you're uh, donating to a nonprofit that actually manages its funds well, and that is right. not backfired. Da- right? Da- da- da. And you're like, it's just that it feels I, that, yeah, that that same feeling that of walking idealism. into the library of like, oh, a- a- anything's possible, right, and, right. and and. That's yeah. a tricky thing to let go of.
1: I didn't. I figured that out only because after college, I worked at a not for profit. And then it was really about like how much money of each comp- these organizations, are they spending on overhead. Like now, whenever I donate to charity, I go to Charity Navigator immediately. And I yeah. don't donate to anybody Guys, shout who's got to got Yeah, shout out to Charity Navigator
0: because that really is. Yeah. I think I talked about it before, but wanting to wanting to know where best to put that mm-hmm. money is a very fair question to ask yeah, and you'll get a, a lot of information about yeah maybe yeah and i like that, don't know yeah. i donate like
1: they they, I, they changed their rating system re- recently but it used to be like stars i don't know what it is now but um but it was like if it wasn't like five stars i didn't i didn't give because i just felt like you know there are a lot of people who are the p- president of big not-for-profits that make you know three hundred thousand dollars a year yeah. you know what i mean you're like god bless you you're entitled to make the money that you make but not at a not-for-profit company <laughs>
0: That just doesn't no, really doesn't feel really make right, sense. Nope. does it? Um, I want to stay within the time frame because I know you're very busy, very busy lady. Um, I will get into. Uh, I do play a mash game at the Ooh. end of every. You know what? I'm going to do one cootie catcher question as well. Yeah. These are a couple of. Um, I don't have a long British, drive, so that's I, very I, true. Can give you a knaves, few extra minutes. Yes. <laughs> I have. Uh, I have this um, old school. These are just two fun old school things that uh, have become God, I used to love podcast,
1: those. I made those right? like crazy i, when I didn't was a kid. did you
0: know what they're called because i literally never had a name for them and only i don't know if we call them cootie catchers what's that's what yeah but i feel like oh, i feel i had no word for it I yeah just like make one of those paper things yeah exactly i still love was. those all right so i can't remember which questions are in here i did not make okay, this so okay um, those so to pick a color yeah pick a color uh green. G-R-E-E-N. This is I'm so much fun dog, already. Oh, seven. Here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is so and then great. one more. One. And one. Oh, God. It burst out of my hands with excitement. That's okay, though. Uh, one, on one. I did one, so that means you pick a, letter, a number in here. Oh, okay. Three. Three. Okay. The question for number three is, Uh oh, okay. So, back to school made me feel blank. Anxious. Yeah. Anxious. Oh, but like, was there anything you looked forward to about school?
1: Uh, well, it's interesting because the anxiety part had to do with the fact that like, my family didn't have money. It wasn't like I was, you know, it wasn't like I was homeless, but you know, I was really anxious about the fact that I felt like kids lots of kids got like lots of clothes and stuff and I would get like one back to school outfit. Well also
0: like the pervasive pervasive advertising of yeah. like, that's a thing. You that's supposed to things be a thing and things.
1: Yeah, and I I, yeah. I would get like one outfit, one back to school outfit. Yeah. So I would just feel anxious about that and making a good impression and but then I I would get excited just because I did want to do well. You know, I wasn't like an apple polisher, but I did want to do well. I was always, I was always competitive. I always had like a competitive streak. So I was excited about like killing school. Um, but I always feel like I'd go in expecting to kill school. And then I would get kind of like, you know, just like that, like, that, like, like low float, like, underwhelmed kind of like all right this isn't going to be as hard as i thought or all right people you know people there's that thing about people underestimating you too that you just kind of think like okay no one's really pushing me that hard here so yeah. i'm not going to push myself yeah um but yeah i just remember just mainly being anxious about like how i was going to be perce- you know how i was going to be seen and yeah, whether it was going to be accepted or not. You know, that was kind of generally the problem. I get it. Yeah. I get it.
0: Uh, okay, so that's that for that. And then uh, I try to do mash categories. I go some traditional, uh, but I also like to try to create categories that um, are relevant to what we just talked about. So my first category is going to be three uh, fictitious sci-fi or fantasy lands uh, in which you have a vacation home. ha! <laughs> So it could be like Tatooine oh, or it okay. could be like, you know, uh, Middle Earth or right. just anything that you can think of that uh, would be a place that would be great to like pop in whenever you wanted to. That's not ah. uh, not real.
1: Okay. So I just finished reading The Magicians and the Magician Kings. So it'd be kind of cool to have a house in Fillory. Okay. Wonderful. Um, people have not read those books. They're kind of like harry potter on ecstasy like very a very drunk harry potter on ecstasy Uh yeah really fun (laughs) lots of sex and crazy god magician king is like this book that like kind of is a little uneven and in the last third is amazing i just finished it so i definitely would have Mm, a house for myself um on you know the trees have clocks in their bellies and it's like it's like it's like if harry potter had sex with lion the witch in the wardrobe amazing yeah and then they, well, that baby went to college and then got,
0: <laughs> did a lot of drugs
1: <laughs> there's a lot yeah, of so yeah, developing here yeah. yeah and then this is not a real place but i find it interesting for people who saw oblivion mm-hmm. i really loved those sky houses mm-hmm. they were really cool and i wanted that crazy kind of like multi-directional helicopter that mm-hmm. was like a little bit like a hovercraft so I liked that, I, that would, those, those houses get are it. beautiful I, I would totally live there yeah the
0: pool that just looks down down the clear, the yeah and you're like way up the the in earth. the sky yeah. and I just thought
1: it would suck about the whole radioactive surface of the earth thing sure. but like living in the
0: sky I know yeah, yeah, God. that whole thing that the the whole house that he builds. Yeah, it was like this kind of Eames-ish. Thing. Yeah, it's, oh, and yeah, then yeah, really, it really resonated yeah, like yeah. that that child in us yeah. that wants that secret place. I yeah. got it. I get it, and I got What's it. What's the third one?
1: Hmm, I'm trying to think of all the places that I fantasized about. You know, when I was a kid, living yeah. on Mars, or all the different iterations of living on Mars. Total Recall Mars, right. the original Total Recall Mars. Um... Well, not the I original, original. Really though, not Mar- the always... Philip K. Dick, Mark. Not the Philip K. Dick Total Recall. But this, all the, yeah. re-
0: the redness and the red dust. And even, because Bray Bradbury is my favorite author. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever, fe- it all felt foreboding and ominous. Uh, Mars yeah. never felt right. It did. In the it felt Bra- dreamlike, though. It was yeah. the
1: canals and and this yeah. idea of, like, a new place. But, yeah, it was never beautiful, right? It I was like never that, welcoming.
0: I think the, like, the Arthur C. Clarke, like, t- 2010, actually, the sequel to, to 2001, that's just all about Jupiter and mm-hmm. all of its moons and like mm. the, the sort of like dreamy like s- like the like the foggy clouds of Europa mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. that always like oh, that's a good one of- that reminded me of
1: uh this book called Olympus and what was the oh it was it was, there were two of them and they were so good and 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 in the book there was a like a space elevator to this like space station. And that was pretty cool. And I wish I could think of it. I'm sure somebody who's listening will remember it was something and Olympus or maybe it was Olympus and something. And it was about anyway, the books are really great. I'll think of it in a minute. Yeah. Um, about a future where uh they were like the gods were real and they actually lived on mount olympus but it was on mars oh wow and yeah and it was really beautiful and it was like kind of the idea of the greek idea of olympus yeah but the whole mountain was like mons olympus on mars and it was like everything was golden and because of the and they were kind of like superhuman so they weren't quite gods they were just like big evolved humans who had created the technology to make themselves look like God. Yeah. So they could fly and they had these, they had chariots, but you know, the chariots flown some kind of like, you know, ch- charged particles, right. or, you know, and, uh, and then they had time, they had time travel. So they were really curious about, uh, the time that was portrayed in, uh, the, Iliad and the Odyssey and they would travel back to that time and observe like the war for Troy and they had abducted oh this is such a great book I wish I could think of it someone's gonna write in yeah oh for sure they will for sure Um, they will they abducted this Greek literature expert from our time and they took him to Olympus and then he was like their consultant. So oh, that's like, great. So anyway, I would live in that version okay. of, uh, of Mount Olympus and I, get, I would be I a demigod it. and I would fly around on my little kind of, you know, Perfect. nuclear discus.
0: Perfect. Well, with that in mind too, let's do that. Let's do three forms of imaginary or as yet uh, unavailable to you types of travel. Like, oh. like how do you get around?
1: I would definitely love teleportation. Agreed. That would be really good. Uh, I mean, obviously flight, obviously some kind of like real physical, like, like, like what's the intragenerational meaning? Mm -hmm. Like I could generate my own form Mm -hmm. of flight with just my body. That would be rad. Um, And then I don't know Probably everybody picks time travel I don't know why they don't
0: I don't know I don't ask this question all the time Because sometimes I don't get into this kind of stuff I want to go forward Right I definitely
1: don't want to go back there's this book. There's another book that I loved when I was a kid called "The Man Who Folded Himself." That was about kind of the conundrum of time travel and how, like, if you went back, you'd run into yourself. Yeah,
0: and, you know. And I, I love, mean, yeah, any time yeah, travel I love stuff time travel too. Stuff, and all yeah. of this sort of
1: like time travel is scary, right? Because you yeah. know, I mean, there's a bunch of like big scientific questions at the heart of it. You know, or is are we on one linear path? Are there multi- multiple paths? Are there infinite? You know, parallel worlds. All that stuff. That's when you start drinking. Yeah, so drinking. yeah,
0: I'm going through a, I'm going, going through a phase right now, and I've been talking about this on the podcast here and there. I'm going through like a mu uh mm-hmm. like a stack mm-hmm. idea right mm-hmm. now because I, I I won't repeat this ad nauseum, but I do. I am obsessed with um, the idea of like a certain level of meditation mm-hmm. that you can access. I feel like I can access feelings mm-hmm. from my past so strongly that. It it almost feels to me like it's still happening somewhere. Right, so I, so for me, it's starting to feel like you you can poke a pin through layers, multiple experiences, and touch, yeah. Interesting, touch stuff. and maybe touch the future. Too Wouldn't that be without, great? Without knowing I'm doing it, yet. right? Right. Like a, some sort of profound uh, seismic déjà vu. Well, you always wonder about déjà vu, right? When it's so vivid,
1: and I feel like there have been déjà vu's that have. I'm not a particularly metaphysical person, not because I don't believe that there are, are multiple experiences that are possible but because I don't think that they're knowable. I don't think mm. that they're truly knowable. Mm. I think unfortunately the human mind is only really capable of a certain level of perception and that I think it's important to try to reach beyond that. But I also think it's important to understand that you've got to find a way to understand what's – what is concrete and knowable for you now In or reality, yeah, yeah yeah you've and to and to and inha- fully inhabit this experience because this is the one that will this is the one we'll know you know we can talk about the future we can talk about uh, other lives we can talk about heaven but really the only thing you're going to know is this finite meat-filled dust-covered human experience (laughs) this is it
0: you're gonna poop and you're gonna fart and you're gonna die and you'd better try to know this as best you can well it's like it's that it's that balance of of knowledge and then allowing yourself room for wonder but like an appropriate contemplation and wonder wonder yeah Yeah.
1: Yeah. not so much wonder that you aren't that you miss experiencing kind of what can be both very mundane and transcendent about being human you
0: know absolutely
1: um but i have had some deja vu that have been not just vivid but like indicative so i've had a deja vu that or i've had either a dream or deja vu that told me what to do when that moment occurred and those are always really weird when you're like wait not only this is a deja vu but i remember this and i remember what i did next yeah and now i should do that thing and again is that like a prescient dream is that a true déjà vu?
0: Like those are always really. In- I love is that the brain so much. Neurons for not knowing firing in the wrong order. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know. Well, that's fun. I. I, I these guys know uh, a very dear friend of mine, who, whom I've been friends with since high school, um, was experiencing. This is extremely medical and very scientific and very unusual. But she was expe- experiencing repeated déjà vu to mm-hmm. the point where she was having déjà vu about the déjà vu. Whoa! And it turned out that um, her brain was having tiny te- it's seizures. Yeah. Seizures so yeah but and they and they manifested themselves as like really intense stage which is like mind-blowing speaking of um, yeah like
1: maybe just this feedback loop like you're just oh, having this crazy. electrical feedback loop in your it's brain so fascinating. yeah but
0: that would be but of course it was terrifying mm-hmm. and now she's scary. on medication um uh, oh, shout good. out to tina no, uh no, no, no. okay third category will be um uh third category is you have uh of all the things you do, now you also have three other totally separate career stuff that has absolutely no uh, tie or connection to what you're doing now that in an alternate universe you're off doing that. Oh, okay. Oh, I definitely would I be a hotelier. Mm, I
1: wonder it. if being a hotelier is that the same thing as having a bar because I would be a, I would own a bar oh,
0: you can definitely have
1: a bar as well and then I would own a restaurant these are all like hospitality related yes, things yes they
0: really are yeah I mean I
1: guess that I, there, I also have like dreams about like being um, so maybe smush all those things together okay and then maybe I also like had fantasies about being like a professional athlete like a snowboarder mm-hmm. and then the third thing would be the path that I was on which was to become an attorney Got it.
0: Great, great, great. Um, Okay. You have a a very, very close friend, uh, three options uh someone who is a real person existing uh whether or not it's in past present or future i don't know how you could pick someone from the future but you could mm-hmm. um that is uh, a dear friend and confidant of yours uh could be someone super famous could be a writer mm-hmm. i guess or i mean i guess it's more interesting if it's people someone someone that people know like mm-hmm. oh, like your mark twain's or your eleanor roosevelt right or your right like people that i want to spend time
1: with um three yeah because you'll end up with one. Ah, okay. This um, is the cruel nature of MASH. I know, you know, right? I think about people that I've like, it's, I'm now I'm just thinking about people I had on my podcast that I kind of <laughs> fell, in, fell in love with a little bit. Understood. You know what I mean? When you sit with someone for an hour, yes. you know, you just like really like start to love them. So maybe from that, from there, um, hmm, this is a good question. Well, I love Anthony Bourdain. Great, I think he's the greatest. Agreed. Uh, I had a really great conversation with Charlize Theron a few months ago, and then I had a big, a bigger crush on her after than I had before.
0: Great, great, great.
1: Ooh, Emma Thompson. Yeah, guys, she's
0: rad uh sadly i talk about her every podcast
1: she's er amazing so you are right to do that because she's er amazing
0: i couldn't uh couldn't love her more yeah she's pretty great um okay great three uh let's do three let's do three books like if you could have written one of these books i mean it's mm -hmm. listen it's wonderful that they wrote the book and obviously but it turns out in this mash game you actually wrote Either, mm-hmm. you know, the Magician King or, mm-hmm. or Oh know, yeah some so other the magi-
1: I totally would put the magicians on there. The first the first of the two books for of the magicians I would totally put on there. The second one is pretty great. Magician King's pretty great. So Magicians, Sex Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs. Great. Just adore Chuck Cloisterman so much. Hi, Chuck. Yes. You're the greatest. Oh, the road. Oh, God. Well, I can't put this on, but there's another book that I think is very road like that I really love, which is called The Reapers of the Angels. The Reapers of the Angels. Yeah. Put The Reapers of the Angels in okay. there for the road, and then people can just make The Road as like. You guys can just put The Road as my asterisk. I, I love loved it. The Road, but actually, The Reapers of the Angels was a little bit more muscular of a. Well, I don't know how you get I'm more muscular. This one also. I don't know how you get more muscular than uh, Cormac McCarthy, but there was just something about The Reapers of the Angels that was like a little bit more. Um, it's post apocalyptic, but there's kind of zombies i don't know it's great interesting
0: i would say the opposite of that the much more uh uh, estrogen fueled um i mean i would say the handmaid's tale Mm -hmm. but that's like an instant classic but did you read into the forest no it's a great apocalyptic story that's very small Mm -hmm. um opposed to roving about uh two sisters um in kind of a small like oregon kind of a town it mm-hmm. might actually be northern california mm-hmm. and um and it's wonderful in the same way that i can't i'm I, it's been a long time since i read the road but it's in the way that the handmaid's tale does at the beginning too but even better i think in this in this book um it 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 really dissects the like small steps that happen that you don't pay attention to mm-hmm. before shit you fi- before right. you're like Oh, oh my god, right. we haven't had electricity for three months right. and we don't have running water anymore. Right. right. And we just adjusted. Right, right. We and, now and now people are coming with guns right. and they're trying to take our stuff. Right, like, it's really good. Wow, and it's very it's very female to mm-hmm. me in that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um so it's sort of the flip-flop of, mm-hmm. of what you just described. I do recommend that. I don't know mm-hmm. if I've ever talked Into about it on the, about the podcast before. Um okay. Uh, next category, uh, my personal favorite, these guys know, three foods that you can conjure uh with zero preparation just you can teleport them right into your hand they have zero negative impact on your health just whenever you want could be like your favorite burrito from san francisco or it could just be like you wish you could eat as many cupcakes without any ramifications oh. to your health
1: interesting mm-hmm. hmm hmm well i'm like, like what i'm stuck on oh that looks like a street in san francisco what i'm stuck on is like my fa- is like my best meal which is not really the thing it's like three favorite foods is like a different and i love i love food i'm a huge foodie um so if like if it was the end of the world what would i want sure chocolate like massive amounts of chocolate and that's so like a, such a chick cliche that i apologize. but i eat chocolate every day and Usually twice a day. It's pretty. Delicious. So um, it's become because I've cut out so many other delicious things. Like my, my diet is super like lean and kind of boring. Mm, chocolate do. is like the highlight of my day. Makes yeah. sense. Makes um, sense. <laughs> yeah. Peanuts. I eat a lot of peanuts. Yeah. I eat a lot of nuts and I eat a lot of peanuts. Um, lot of peanut. I might come up with four and strike one chocolate and peanuts. I mean, You know the thing is like red. I love red wine. Like my favorite meal is steak, and like a big bloody steak and red wine. That that's like a pretty great meal. Yeah. But then I'm like, I don't know. Like, would I if it was the end? Would I want like a giant, like massive quantities of crunchy (laughs) bread? You know what I mean? Massive quantities of bread. Yes. That probably probably like hunks of like really crusty bread that I would wipe in meat fat. Oh my god! Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Meat fat soaked crusty bread. And then <laughs> and then glasses of red wine and then chocolate. And we can strike the nuts for
0: now. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it wine replaces tr- peanuts got it for a while i had just written peanut without a plural like right, just, one peanut. Just, just one going to one delicious like slice on. it
1: like the cartoon where like the cricket the bean and the gets,
0: yeah like tiny feathery, bean feathery, feathery thin yeah, you can yeah, see right trying to make it.
1: like a roast <laughs> like
0: a, pot, a pot roast <laughs> out funny of one bean that we both immediately conjure <laughs> that because i certainly remember the like paper thin piece of bean uh, right? piece of bean um, okay next category is all due respect to your actual love, <laughs> all due respect. <laughs> okay. Three other gentlemen uh could be not non-existent, could be characters from films, could be real people, could be people who are not alive anymore. Oh, if you want a young Jimmy Stewart, you can have a young excellent. Jimmy Stewart. If you want uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, I will question that, but you can have him <laughs> slightly feminine. Uh, 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 so, okay. so three: uh,
1: Jason Bourne for sure. Hmm? Both iterations, but Matt Damon a little bit more than Jeremy Renner. But, like, uh, but uh, Jeremy Renner's working for me, by the way, yeah. as the new, as the whatever his character's name is now. He's not actually yeah. Jason Bourne, he's like Noah Springer, whatever. Yeah. yeah, but he's great. I love that movie. I've seen it hundreds of times. but
0: it was like um, Nathan mourn <laughs> I know, I know, I know. like a totally <laughs> different guy. To, yeah. I wish I could think
1: of what his name was because, like, like, they it really was great. Like, the, he's a T, te- he he lives in that world, he lives yeah. side, like parallel to Jason. Yeah. And like they did a really smart. nice job. Super, yeah. Smart. It was really, really it's well like done. It's
0: like Teen Wolf, T O O. Exactly. Also a Teen Wolf, not the same
1: Teen Wolf. Yes, exactly. As well. Also. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Additionally. Um, so definitely Jason Bourne. And then after that, this is a real person. Uh, God, I just have this massive crush on Ryan Reynolds. Great. it's really yeah uh, it's, he's
0: i don't know ryan but um everyone that we have in common is like there's a reason that it, he should be more famous everyone always says but there's a reason also that like things don't quite come together but he will always work because he's like an extraordinary human being a who's crazy just, like, a talent too like i talented. just feel like
1: he's so freaking talented yeah safe house is like i love it i've seen it i watch every time it's on cable i watch it he's like funny I seen it. oh it's so good it's like it's like it you know it's a movie that was smart and just under marketed enough but it should have been the next next born identity like he's so good at it is acting so good he he does emotion well he's funny yeah. he does physical work well he, he's believable he's just so he is so fucking good like they're just guys that are like people don't can't see maybe because he's kind of a pretty boy maybe because he started in comedy like they just don't see how amazing he is yeah i just think he's unbelievable i i mean he's just a monster talent yeah he'll he's he's gonna be like ben affleck who's gonna be my number three who um will shock people with how Mm. complex their ability is you know ben is someone who i feel like just got underestimated and underestimated and 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 then just was like fuck everybody and then just go fuck everybody like look at me but was like i'm just gonna make consistently excellent things yeah and you guys are just gonna have You'll to come see around it. you're just yeah. gonna have to see it eventually i'm just i'm gonna be undeniable at some yeah. point i think he's amazing we're we're i literally want to be him like i think everything he's done is extraordinary i just like i like want to pick through his recycling I think he's incredible. <laughs> I'm sure we can incredible. figure that out.
0: Right? I'm like, sure and we out. can find out where the and Tyler picking No question about it. Um, all right. The ever-challenging final category. Always tricky. Always tricky. Trying to figure out what it is. Um, because it's been so fascinating and what a great conversation. Um, I'm going to go with three real places in the world mm-hmm. um, that you we're gonna put you we're gonna give you the vacation home in both we're gonna give you fictitious vacation home Ooh. and we're gonna give you real life Ooh, planet earth yeah. uh, vacation home okay
1: uh, Paris for sure 100%
0: hard to resist
1: Stockholm great choice. the best the best the best not LA mm-hmm. I love LA don't get me wrong I really like it here hardly a place to get away to no and, and it's so funny when people it. come here and they're like I Oh yeah. Um, San Francisco. Yeah. It's a great city.
0: Yeah, I, you have to come up and do my comedy festival because I don't think you've done it
1: Ooh, yet. No, I haven't. It's I mean, I know you exciting. haven't done it because yeah. it's my
0: comedy festival. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad, it's, but it's good to know you have a, that level of intimacy with your own festival. Yeah, you're terrible. like, I don't have we. We've only had thirteen years, and there's only three of us who run it. So you, you know, you one hundred percent sure that you've done it. <laughs> um, uh, okay, uh, tell me when to stop.
1: How does it work? just go like stop 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 yeah. stop stop
0: i made a spiral and i now have to count the rings of the spiral okay one two three four five six okay pausing this in a mere matter of seconds i will have your 100 percent guaranteed mash future okay all right yeah. you better saddle up because you Whee! got a future to discuss uh, where to start Where to start Where to start I want to congratulate you On your uh, Other Simultaneous career As a uh, hotelier Slash bar mm. owner Slash restaurateur mm, yes. um, I want to say That even though um, You're This is technically A vacation home I'd like to believe That you also that That there is a hotel Slash bar Slash restaurant Something like that in Stockholm, mm-hmm. because certainly we have a home there. Yes, of I course. see that. Right, yeah, you that definitely would be have that. Absolutely. Um, I want to congratulate you on your ability to self-generate flight. Yes, thank you. Um, maybe that My gets dreams to Stockholm coming in true a very, in a, in a fun, yeah. adventurous <laughs> way. Um, uh, and certainly, that flight uh, perhaps takes you all the way up to the Mount Olympus. Yes, of the Mars. book that we cannot remember the name yeah. of. Oh darn! It Mostly all. me because I've not read it. <laughs> um, eh, I congratulate you on spending time with your very, very dear friend, Anthony Bourdain, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who I'm sure enjoys uh, uh, perhaps an equal appreciation. Of chocolate. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you still have access to that on mm-hmm. a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. All shapes and sizes <laughs> and assortments. Uh, I want to congratulate you also on, you, know, you were very busy in your real life, but certainly in MASH, you were uh, no slouch. You also wrote uh, The Reapers of the Angels.
1: No, yes. Reapers of the Angels. Yeah, Reapers right? The
0: Reapers are the Angels. Yes. Okay, the great. Are the angels. great. Great, great, great and uh you're sharing this amazing life oh and by the way uh both places mount olympus and stockholm mansion you got the mansion so well done on that yeah uh that was just luck at the draw (laughs) and um and you're sharing all of this with uh your fictitious husband jason bourne oh yeah that's a really this good life. A
1: robust, it's a robust. It's a busy life. It's busy life. Wonderful complex. mash. That's why I have to get up so early in the morning because there's so many How things How are you gonna going to tackle on. this
0: otherwise? I've
1: got to live a clean oh life my and God. I've got to get up early. I've got to be motivated yeah. and focused.
0: Yeah. You're, so I mean, fun. basically you're
1: a superhero. We've, we've made that happen. And Anthony's eating at my restaurant in Stockholm where we serve a
0: lot of, of chocolate. Of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> please. He's on the board of advisors. Yeah, I don't exactly know if restaurants have those. He's
1: my chef advisor. Ay
0: yeah Uh What a pleasure and a joy. Thank you so much, Aisha. Uh, guys, I don't need to. Uh, you, I don't really know that we need to pimp you out any more than the, you, there's certainly there's an online, awareness. But yeah,
1: like AishaTyler.com or whatever. I don't um, know. Google. And
0: uh, yeah, Google it up. Plenty of places and ways to appreciate this woman. And uh, and we'll talk to you next time on the podcast. yay Bye.